The hosts of the Real Life Wellness Podcast are not licensed medical doctors, and this podcast is not a substitute for medical advice or any form of professional therapy, nor is it intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any illness or condition. All content and information in this podcast is created for informational purposes only. Please seek medical attention for matters relating to your health and never disregard the advice of a medical professional or delay in seeking it because of something you've heard on this podcast. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Mary and Kisa podcast, uh, where we talk about different ways to integrate healthier habits into your life. I am Kisa Amaro, and with me, as always, is Mary Preston. Mary, why don't you give us a quick background about you before we get deeper into into today's topic. Hello, hello, everybody. I'm Mary Preston. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and a life coach. I work with both clients in person out here in Fort Collins, Colorado, as well as working with clients online. And I have a program that helps mental health professionals get control of their drinking and emotional eating. I found that helping professionals, uh, that helping professionals often can't or don't get the help they need, and I want to focus my work on us. And like I've been saying in 2018, it is my dream to help at least 200 mental health professionals feel like they're back in control of their food and alcohol intake. My six-session, six-week program guides you through discovering why your drinking or eating feels out of control, teaches you how to be in charge of what you put into your body. I'm also running a free seven-day challenge where you commit to taking a short break from alcohol or sugar or flour, and then learn how it's affecting your body. And the next challenge starts Monday, April 9th. And for this challenge, we're focused on seeing what happens when you take the alcohol specifically away. Oh, awesome. So it's a free seven-day challenge. Free seven-day challenge. And you're taking out alcohol, sugar, and flour. Is that correct? For this challenge, so I run challenges all through the year. This challenge uh-huh. is specifically specifically for alcohol. Okay, so just alcohol. Just alcohol in this in okay. this next challenge. Okay, awesome, awesome. I like it, Mary. Um, so a little bit about myself. I'm Kisa Amaro. I'm a certified integrative nutrition coach, and I work with mamas to help them lose weight and gain energy to keep up with their little ones by stop dieting and start eating foods that work for them as well as going beyond the nutrition to help them create a healthy relationship with food and themselves. I see clients one-on-one, so in person and online, to give individualized support to help them reach their health and weight loss goals. I'm also currently working with local businesses here on Guam through corporate wellness coaching. And you can follow me um, on Instagram at cleanliving underscore dirty world or Facebook at Kisa Amaro Health Coach uh, to get meal inspirations. And I can finally say this, that my new website is up. So come check me out. I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, I've been talking about this for, I guess, I don't know, months. Just a couple of months. We've been building up. We've been building up. (laughs) Anticipation. Um, So yeah, come check me out, kisaamaro.com. All right. I was checking it out earlier. It looks beautiful. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Okay. So on to our topic of the day, which is boundaries. Oh, yeah. So if any of these describe you, then today's episode about boundaries is going to be helpful for you. Uh, You often find yourself complaining that other people treat you poorly. You find yourself 
angry, irritable, or sad in a conversation or argument, but you pretend like everything is fine. You tell people that, um, so what they can and can't do. Uh, you tell someone over and over what you don't like and they keep doing it anyway. Uh, you never speak up for yourself. And um, when you finally speak up for yourself, you are aggressive and explosive. Uh, you often find yourself the victim of situations or you often complain that other people don't show you respect. Mm. Um, so I know that uh, just reading through some of these, they, you know, there's a, definitely a few that ring true for me. Um, so since this is Mary's area of expertise, I am going to be asking Mary some questions around boundaries. Um, as you know, this is an area that I do need some work on myself. So I'm excited to hear, um, all about boundaries and, you know, what they are, what we think they are, what they really are and how we can create, you know, healthy boundaries in our lives. So Mary, uh, let's start off with what a lot of us think boundaries are. Okay, so doing the Googling for to prep this podcast, I found a ton of articles on boundaries. And um, like I thought, a lot of them kind of perpetuate this idea that boundaries are about standing up for ourselves, like putting our foot down, not taking the other person's bullshit anymore. Um, and the relationships where this really shows up the most is like with our significant other, our parents, our siblings, our friends. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of the examples that they give kind of what boundaries aren't really. Um, these are statements like, you can't talk to me like that. I'm going to make you stop. Um, you can't treat me like that. You don't get to call me names, right? Those are kind of statements where it sounds like we're standing up for ourselves, sounds like we're creating boundaries. But um, I'll explain later how those don't really uh, hit the nail on the head. Um, oh, okay. So why, and those might be easier to identify um, for like those who study these things. Like if you're a mental health professional and you're reading this, you're like, or you're listening to this, you know, you might recognize that those aren't boundaries. Um, but there's also some really less obvious ones that I see perpetuated a lot, specifically in the psychology field. I've worked in schools for a long time. And a lot of times what we call I statements um, were kind of, we're perpetuating this thing where we're like standing up for ourselves, but it'll sound like when you yell, it makes me really angry, right? When you took my toy, I got really sad. Mm -hmm. And if you listen to those statements, there's a common thread. Uh, there's like this element of trying to control the other person's behavior. And it implies that my feelings are dictated by your actions. And so when you stop doing these things, I will be happy. And that's not really what boundaries are. Okay. Um, so Mary, to summarize, a common misconception of a boundary is telling the other person what to do or trying to control their actions, right. such as like, mm -hmm. stop hitting me or uh, don't you use that tone of voice with me. Yep. And another misconception is telling the person how their actions make you feel. So like um, in the classic I statements, um, 
I feel sad when you yell at me. Right. And those, you know, those aren't wrong. I want to be clear. They're not wrong to like stand up for yourself or use I statements, but they're not really getting what we're looking for. Okay. So not creating like a clear and healthy boundary. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, So now let's take a look at the difference between a boundary and an ultimatum or threat. So Mary, can you help us understand the difference if there is one? Sure. There's definitely a difference. Um, (laughs) There is. You are so correct. The difference between a boundary and a threat is that with a well thought out boundary, it's about my behavior, my reaction to what's happening that I don't like. Mm -hmm. Um, And an ultimatum is more a demand that we're making. And like, if that demand is not met, there's going to be a final devastating solution, right? Ultimatums always sound so like devastation. Um, Yeah. It's like an end all be all. Yeah. Like this is it. This is the end. An ultimatum generally ends with like termination of a relationship or like retaliation. They sound like the end of a friendship, a divorce, a complete loss of contact sometimes between two people. And there's nothing wrong, you know, nothing inherently wrong with ending a relationship, getting a divorce, or deciding that another person's energy isn't right for us, or that like little or no contact is the better solution. But the difference is that with the ultimatums, the responsible is given over completely to the other person. So their behavior is seen as the cause of the problem. And ultimatums are generally said or acted out in anger rather than out of a place of love. And boundaries are always all about love. Always. I think they're the kindest thing you can offer to anybody. And ultimatums are really tend to be set out of anger and resentment, frustration. Okay. So what I'm understanding from this is that a boundary is about what I will do if a person violates my boundary, uh, assigning the responsibility to myself. And then an ultimatum is a demand I make on the other person. And if that demand is not met, then there's a severe consequence, usually like ending a relationship or retaliation of some sort. And that's assigning the responsibility to the other person. Right. Okay. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Okay. Uh, So now that we've talked about our misconceptions of boundaries and what a boundary is not, let's talk about what a boundary is. So Mary, give us the scoop. What is a boundary? Boundaries. So so let me tell you what they are. Boundaries are ways of protecting our emotional selves. So when a boundary is done well, a person decides what they do and they don't want in their life and what they will do to keep out what they don't want. Um, And everybody already has boundaries. A lot of us just don't really realize where or what they are. Mm -hmm. Um, So to really explain this, I like to picture um, like a physical boundary as an example. So picture, for instance, a house with a yard. The fence around your yard is the physical boundary. Someone steps into your yard, you know there's been a boundary violation. So when that person's in your yard, you decide what you are going to do about it, right? You can push them out, call the police, tell them to leave. And an example of like a boundary statement, if you were going to say it out loud, would be, if you step into my yard, I will call the police. Um, Then they get to choose their own behavior, right? We can't control what they do. I'm simply stating what the consequence my behavior is going to be if they come in. And for this to be an effective boundary, every time they step into my yard, 
I would follow through by calling the police every single time. That's really important. Um, I might give them a verbal warning beforehand if I think that would remind them, give them an opportunity to step back out. That's my choice. But um, with the verbal warning, if they don't step back out of the yard, I call the police. Um, so with an emotional boundary, it might something look something like, um, if you yell at me while we're talking, I will leave the room. Okay. And then if they continue to yell at you, you leave the room. Right. Okay. And then I follow through. I don't control whether or not they yell at me, but I control my behavior. Okay. So yeah, essentially you're telling the other person what you will do if they violate your boundary. Right. And the focus is on um, what you'll do in response to the other person's actions and like, yeah, you're, what you're going to do. And I also want to point out is that you, you know, we can't control what the other person will do in reaction. Mm -hmm. So say we leave the room and then they continue yelling at you or they mm -hmm. get upset or mad or break something like that's on them. But yes, we can't control that. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, thanks for clarif clarifying what a boundary is. Um, so why might the boundaries we are currently using not be working for us? So there's a lot of kind of levels about this, right? Mm -hmm. Most of the time what we're calling boundaries are not working and it's because we're not taking responsibility for our own behavior. Okay. Um, if I have decided that I'm not going to participate in an argument where there is yelling, then I need to, to take responsibility and not participate. Um, and then it's also my responsibility to teach other people my boundaries. Um, okay. So we'll kind of start with the, the first um, level, right? So a common place where we don't have proper boundaries in place is often like in the workplace. This is a really good example. Um, I don't know about all of you, but I've been in many workplaces where I have like a coworker that drives me nuts in some way. There's always somebody <laughs> they talk about themselves incessantly or like they come into the office without being invited or they complain to me about work, other coworkers. They have a bad attitude about clients. Um, and you know, if, as I'm saying that out loud, I'm sure there's a coworker that you've experienced this with. And the sign that you have a boundary issue is that when they leave and you feel frustrated, there's like this dirty, violated feeling or like this powerless feeling. Um, and it's like, you didn't want to talk about or participate in it, but you did, right? It's a really good sign that there's a need for good boundaries that you're not putting in place. Okay. Um, and so they show up at a couple of different levels, like I said, and the first one's really important, right? You don't know what your boundaries are. Oh, okay. Right? Most of us don't even really know what in a relationship we are going to allow or not allow. Mm -hmm. uh, you haven't made it clear with yourself what behaviors you're okay with and what you're not. And at this level, you just kind of feel frustrated, angry, exhausted after being with a person and you're not really clear why. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I think it's a really good idea to take a minute to think about what your, your boundaries are. Okay. Um, so just, and, mm -hmm. Go ahead. Oh, I say just um, acknowledging and understanding what your boundaries are mm -hmm. in, you know, different relationships. And I think it's so important to know okay. <laughs> for you to yeah. know. So you can yeah. definitely. Right. <laughs> and then at the next stage, 
right? You need to know at the next stage. Now you do know what your boundaries are. You've taken the time to get clear on like what the rules are that you have in life about other relationships, you know, with people. And you're clear with what behaviors you don't want to tolerate in your life. However, you're not communicating what you want or making requests. So at this stage, we find ourselves complaining to other people about the problem. So like I might be telling Kisa about my mom is always doing this or my husband never does this and not telling the person I'm annoyed at. Mm -hmm. Um, At this level, I used to do this all the time. And I actually, I know a lot of couples have the dishwashing situation, right? At this level, (laughs) I used to wash dishes and grumble to myself about how my husband never washed the dishes. And I like silently stare laser eyes at him (laughs) like not wash the dishes like I'll show him I won't wash the dishes but at this point I wasn't communicating that to him right okay you need to wash the dishes (laughs) right even that would be okay right that's not a boundary but at least at that point you're communicating what Mm -hmm. you want um right so know what your boundaries are communicate those to people um In the next level, you might be communicating your boundaries, right? I might say, Nathan, my husband, you know, I I really need you to wash the dishes sometimes, Um, right? But in that example, I'm making the boundary about the other person's behavior and deciding what my response is going to be, right? So this is where boundaries sound a lot like, you can't yell at me or like, you have to wash the dishes or (laughs) you have to stop doing that. And so right? Like we're getting better about knowing what we want and what we don't want, but we're still putting the responsibility on the other person. Yeah, I see. Okay. And you know what? We always love being told what to do. Right. right? Yeah. I love that. (laughs) I love it when my husband tells me that I have to do something because then I'm like, okay, sweetheart. (laughs) At your command. (laughs) Of course. Um, Okay. So, right. So we're getting better, but we've got some work to do, right? So once you've decided what your response will be the next level. So, uh, sorry. So I skipped a little bit, right? So the next step, you have to really decide what your response is going to be. Okay. When like, say he's not washing the dishes, then I am going to fill in the blank. Right. So you decide what your response. Go ahead. I was going to say taking it from, Like you need to do the dishes too. If you don't do the dishes, I will also never do the dishes and we will also never do the dishes. (laughs) Okay. 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 So it's, yeah, it's, you're creating like what you're going to do versus his inaction or action. (laughs) Right. And so a lot of times what happens is we kind of take this route Right. And this is where boundaries are still going wrong. Right. A lot of times we decide what our response is going to be, um, mm-hmm. but, but then we don't follow through with our part of the bargain. Right. Um, relationships get kind of manipulative here. Right. You like threaten things like if you don't do this. I'm going to leave. Right. I won't right. tolerate this kind of language from you or like I refuse to stay here and listen to this. So you're communicating, you're saying what you're going to do, but it's not really specific. Mm-hmm. And we don't follow through, right? And we continue to participate. Like you say you won't stay and tolerate it, but then your behavior is the exact opposite, right? Like you remain in a fight where that behavior is present. So okay. if you say you're not going to stay and listen to this, mm-hmm. don't. <laughs> right? Okay. So this doesn't mean they have to stop saying it. 
it just means that you have to follow through and walk away. Okay. Right. So in all of these levels, like these are where boundaries go wrong. So um, this one, it's like, I'm focusing on me, my behavior again, but I'm not following through. This is where a lot of parenting goes wrong. <laughs> if you don't clean up your room, this is going to happen. And then the kid doesn't clean up their room and the consequence doesn't follow up. Right. Um, yeah. and this is, you know, a lot of, a lot of my couples who come in to work with me in the office, they grow accustomed to like shouting these threats. Like if he, if you don't stop doing this, I'm going to leave you. And then, right. So it's one, it's this follow through that like, you're, are you going to leave him every time he doesn't wash dishes? I don't know. Right. So it's a little, right. Right. It's a little over the top. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe you feel like it's correct, but then you say it so many times, but then you also don't leave them for that behavior. Right. So it's not really a good boundary. Okay. So it's almost like empty threats, right? Empty threats instead of a boundary. It kind of sounds like a boundary, right? It's got a, if you do this, I'll follow through with this, but, Uh um, but we don't, it, it's not clear. Okay. Okay. Um, so my example with like previous coworkers, Mm -hmm. I was making a lot of mistakes in my boundaries. Like, first of all, I didn't even know what my boundaries were for a long time. I just let people in, talk about what they wanted. I complained about it later, usually to my husband. Um, I never told them I don't want to talk about other people, right? That's tough to do. Be like, hey, I don't want to talk about our boss without him here. Right. Um, I didn't follow through with changing the subject, right? Because you can just be like, oh, let's talk about the weather, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right, I didn't even really do that. Sometimes I'd get a little passive aggressive, right? Um, and usually I just complained to my husband that these people were frustrating or annoying instead of stating a boundary. Like I don't talk about people that aren't here and mm-hmm. just end that conversation when it happened. Okay. So a lot of mistakes we make with boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So just to sum up, uh, what you're saying, Mary, a sign that you are not setting clear boundaries is that you feel frustrated, dirty, violated, or powerless around certain people in certain situations. Um, and you may not be setting healthy boundaries at kind of different points in the process. So for starters, you may not even know or have a clear defined boundary for yourself. And this can leave you feeling frustrated or angry when you are around someone and you don't know why. Uh, Next, you may not be communicating your boundaries with the other person, even though you know what they are. Then uh, you may be telling the other person what you need to do or what you are going to do. Oh, sorry, what they need to do. Um, versus telling them what you are going to do if they violate your boundary. And then lastly, you may not be following through with your action when there is a boundary violation. Right. A couple places where things could go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's kind of like many different points. Okay. So yeah, I think that's a lot of information um, right there. Great information too. Um. So for our listeners out there who are realizing that they may need to work on developing their boundaries, how might they create a healthy boundary? So I really like this example. I had a client come in where I feel like 
she kind of walked through this plot, this process really straightforward. And it's a really good example of how we can go from not having boundaries to having really clear boundaries. Um, so this client was reconnecting with her mother as an adult. And, Mm -hmm. um, in the process, at some point, her mother started showing up to her house uninvited. And, um, my client would be really annoyed and frustrated, but she'd let her in because she was trying to repair the relationship. So she'd let her mother in and then she would find herself entertaining her, talking with her, not doing the tasks that she had set out for herself that day. And -hmm. just like kind of doing the passive aggressive frustration, annoyance, and being upset, but not doing anything about it. So when we talked about it in session, I asked her why she lets her in. (laughs) And she looked at me like I was an idiot, right? Like, of course she lets her in. That's my mother. And I think that's a really common issue amongst my clients. I'm sure amongst a lot of us with myself as well, right? It's my mom. So I have to let her in. And that's just not true. Like you get to decide what you do in this life. (laughs) Um, And knowing that I asked her, I said, what do you want things to be like with your mother when it comes to being, when she, it comes to her being at your house? And she said, really, all she wants is for her mom to call first. And if it was okay, client would say yes. And if she was busy, she would say no. Mm-hmm. So she was like, all right, here we go. So she committed to telling her mother that she wants her to call first. And then she came in the next time and said, she told her mother to call first, but her mother kept coming over. And this is another place where boundaries often don't work. Okay. Uh, you know, I asked her, I said, what did she do when her mother didn't call and came over uninvited? And of course, my client just let her in, entertained her, didn't get tasks done. And so now what, right? I asked my client what she's going to do when her mother doesn't call and shows up uninvited. So this is the next step, right? So she decided she would communicate to her mother. Her mother needs to call first and ask if she can come over. And if she doesn't, if she shows up uninvited, client will not let her in. (laughs) She will politely let her know that her mother did not call first. She's busy, so she just can't come in. And, you know, to please call and ask next time. And, like, literally doing this at the door with her mother there. Yeah. Uh, So... She commit to commuting, communicating this clearly to her mom before the first time, right? So her mom didn't just like show up and be surprised that she wasn't being let in. So she called her first, mm-hmm. let her know, you know, that her boundary had changed, that if her mother didn't call and showed up, she would not be let in the door. Um, and then she commit also to follow through every time her mom showed up uninvited. And honestly, she only had to follow through a couple of times before her mom understood that showing up uninvited was a waste of her time because she wouldn't be let in. Yeah. So she just began to call first because there, I think it was maybe three times that she showed up without calling and had to leave, (laughs) just had to go home. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, yeah, a waste of her time. So Mm -hmm. yeah, she may as well just call first and then she can save time. (laughs) And she's, she's totally welcome. Just yeah. Call first. That's all. Yeah. Okay, Mary. So what I'm understanding is that if someone violates your boundary, you tell them what you are going to do. So it would sound something like if you blank, then I will blank. Right. And it is almost equally, if not more important <laughs> to not, you know, just 
not only communicate what you will do, but then if there's a boundary violation to follow through on your action, like what you said you were going to do. Yeah. I think that's super important because then people just don't believe you if you don't. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Uh, So Mary, when should we use boundaries? Should we go around telling people we meet that if they hit us, we we'll call the cops or like when, like when's an appropriate time? I know that's like an exaggeration, but you know, when's an appropriate time to use a boundary? Right. So honestly, we're, we're kind of always using boundaries, even if we're not stating them out loud. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, I don't have to announce every time I meet a new person I meet that I have a boundary about physical violence and that if they hit or punch me, I'm going to call the police, right? Like you don't announce that to everybody. Right. Um, And there's a lot of cultural boundaries that are already set up quite nicely for us, right? We don't have to Mm -hmm. go around stating our rules all of the time because, you know, culture has stated that there are certain rules that we kind of all abide by. Um, And with the example of the house, right, your yard being the boundary, if no one's coming into your yard, there's no reason to like announce it. You don't have to stand in your yard and just shout it out to the people around, right? You don't, there's no need to announce it. Um, but, you know, maybe like you have a new neighbor that doesn't realize that you have a boundary and they come over unannounced and there they are in your yard. And if you don't tell them at that point you have a boundary, they will assume that being in your yard is fine. And mm-hmm. they might start inviting their friends to your yard and then <laughs> they might get really comfortable and head to your kitchen to make themselves a sandwich out of your fridge. Right. And truly, like, it's kind of a silly example, but often we really do get to this point when we realize that we need a boundary after a certain period of time has already passed, right? Mm -hmm. And so anytime you realize you need a boundary, it's time to use one. So with this example, right, whenever you realize that you have a yard boundary, you let them know. So it's like, oh, hey, neighbor, Uh, it turns out I have a thing about people in my yard. And if you could kindly leave my yard, I would appreciate it. Right. And if they don't leave, you might say, howdy again, neighbor. I asked you to call (laughs) or I asked you to leave my yard. And when people don't leave my yard, when I ask them to, I call the police. And if they leave, it's great. And if not, you call the police, right? It's pretty clear cut. Like, let me tell you what my boundary is. Um, when people do this, here's what I do. And if they you know, if they don't follow through, then I follow up how I said I was going to. Okay. Um, unfortunately, often we don't realize there's been a violation until we find, like, we, we find our neighbor in our kitchen, they're making sandwiches every Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> and right. it, sometimes it feels too late to set up a boundary, right? Like, we never taught them that our kitchen is not, like, a free kitchen. Um, it's not too right. late. Um, but some education is a good idea first, right? So it's like, hey, neighbor, I just realized that I have an issue with you making sandwiches in my kitchen without asking first. And I'm not sure why I didn't realize it before, but I do now, right? So kind of letting them know, I, mm-hmm. it's kind of my, I'll, I'll take responsibility for not telling you first. I kind of let you okay. come in my kitchen every Tuesday for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm changing my mind. So, you know, I apologize for that. It's my responsibility, but, um, I do kindly request that you don't come over unannounced. In fact, I should tell you that I don't want anyone to even come into my yard without asking. And I know that I've never said anything, but from now on, I'd really like you to ask before coming onto my property. Okay. Right. And so it's like, 
I'll take responsibility that I let you believe that this was okay, but here is my new boundary. And you don't have to say, or I'll call the police right now, right? Like you don't need to threaten them with police, but it's like, here's my new boundary. Just letting you know. Okay. And then it would go back to the same, right? So then if they did further on come into your yard after you've stated that boundary, then you let them know, ah, you know, here's my new boundary where I call the police when people come into my yard. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. So there are boundaries set by cultural norms. And so we don't need to go around announcing our boundaries to everyone we meet. And anytime you realize you need a boundary is when you will state or communicate it. Right. And sometimes we don't even need to say it out loud, but when we recognize it, it's time to really start following through. Okay. Okay. Uh, So Mary, why are boundaries important? Uh, They're important because they teach other people how to treat us. That's why, that's why we need to know what they are first. Um, uh, So an example, right? I use foul language a lot constantly Mm -hmm. with friends. um, Mm -hmm. And I have one friend over here who doesn't enjoy hearing curse words. You know, she has a very clear boundary about it. Mm -hmm. And I decide, I decided that, you know, I don't mind cleaning up my language when I'm with her and it, it's really easy, right? Our friendship is great. So Mm -hmm. sometimes I'll slip. She always reminds me with a quick look and in this relationship, it doesn't hurt me to know she has a boundary. It just helps me to know that she doesn't like it. Mm -hmm. It's easy to be friends with her because she's clear about it. Right. So boundaries are like a win-win. She's not like, if I say a bad word, she's not seething on the inside, right? Like hating my language, telling other people how much she hates my language. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have to hear foul language and I get to have total access to my friend. Um, okay. When we don't use our boundaries, we just like let other people call us names, shout at us, speak about things we don't want to talk about, do things we don't like. The truth is we are teaching them that those things are okay. Okay. So, in our previous example, you've taught your neighbor that it's fine to come make sandwiches. You didn't invite them, <laughs> but by not yeah. making it clear that it's not okay, you are basically teaching them that it's just fine. Okay. So it sounds like having clear boundaries helps create a relationship with someone that is free of, you know, passive aggressive behavior and talking behind you know, that person's back Mm -hmm. and healthy and clear boundaries. um, Though they can be difficult to communicate in certain relationships can foster healthy relationships in the long run. Definitely. Yeah. And they, you know, and like I said earlier, they are about protection, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. if something is really hurtful, if I decide, you know, it's really hurtful in my life, then I'm protecting myself by teaching other people. I, I don't like it. Okay. Okay. Well, awesome, Mary. Uh, This has been some great knowledge you just shared with us regarding boundaries. And as always, we want to leave you with some takeaway tips. So Mary is going to share uh, five takeaway tips regarding boundaries and how you can create healthy boundaries in your life. All right. So some five takeaway tips. So number one, know what your boundaries are. Seriously, man, take some time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> take some time and figure out what your boundaries yeah. are or you will I, never know how or this when is, to handle people. I think this is what I need to do. Step one right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a, it's a really great idea, especially if there's somebody that you have a difficult time with, right? 
Um, if you don't know what your boundaries are, they won't know what your boundaries are either. And mm-hmm. then you won't know how to handle when people are all up in your space, right? They kind of have right. to guess what your boundaries are and people are very wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, they just make guesses. They just try this, they try that. And if we don't let them know that they've overstepped it somehow, you know, then, mm-hmm. then they'll just keep believing that that's okay. Yeah. Um, the second tip is to know what your response is going to be in the case of a boundary violation. So once you know what your boundaries are, you just decide how you're going to react. And you don't always have to announce these out loud. You can just like make a simple uh, mental note that like if anybody calls you names during a conversation, you're going to say that you don't participate in name calling. And if it continues, you'll walk away, right? Like you don't have to announce before a meeting that you don't (laughs) tolerate raised voices, like just in case there's going to be raised voices. You just like some boundaries you just follow through on. Okay. Um, and then four is a tip. I like to decide ahead of time. This is for parents also with relationships. Um, decide if you want to give reminders. So Mm. when we've tolerated certain behavior for a really extended period of time, it can take other people a while to acclimate to the change. So with some behaviors, you might want to give the other person a reminder and then not with other behaviors. So for example, if someone calls you a name during an argument and you guys, you know, have a history of doing this in your relationship, you may want to remind them and then continue the disagreement. Um, And then if they just needed the reminder, right. And then they're like, Oh, right. Sorry. I forgot. You know, let's Mm -hmm. just continue. Um, And if they don't, then you follow through with your boundary. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. but if it's something like physical aggression or something else that you find highly offensive, you might just decide, you know, there's no reminders, no warnings, just a quick follow through end the conversation, leave the room, leave the house, leave the relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, there are some things that I don't need to announce them to everyone, but I need to decide for myself that this would be kind of a deal breaker and I just go. Okay. Um, but sometimes it's just like, oh, Hey, just a reminder. We don't, we don't do that here. <laughs> right. Right. And that, yeah, I think that rings true with children, mm-hmm. you know, just cause children need lots of reminders and mm-hmm. <laughs> right. How it, how it is. <laughs> right. And, and you know, when you say that lots of reminders, like I'd think ahead about how many reminders as well. I think that's right. Like how many reminders does this person get before I follow through on my, okay. I, th- I okay. think that can be really good, right? Like you yeah. get two reminders and I love you and sorry. <laughs> I'm going to Yeah. Go. Yeah. Okay. And number five is follow through every time. This is going <laughs> to make your life so much easier when we don't follow through. It makes it so much harder, right? Mm-hmm. Once you decide on a boundary, it's your responsibility to follow through, not theirs. Mm-hmm. Please don't threaten without follow up, right? If you don't tolerate name calling, then don't tolerate it. End it every single time, no matter how often you need to. It is your responsibility to keep yourself safe by teaching others about yourself, right? Because other people have different boundaries. They might not care about name calling when you do, right? And so you have to teach them. That's your responsibility. Okay. Uh, And then bonus tip, uh, other people might never learn and they may not want to. Yeah. So that's just a thing, right? It's not about changing another person. 
Yeah. We kind of go into boundaries thinking if I do this boundary, they're going to stop, right? It was very nice in my client's example earlier that the mom just stopped showing up uninvited and started calling. But Mm -hmm. the mom could have decided to just constantly show up without being invited. And my client would have to just constantly follow through. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Right. And they, so this isn't about changing them. It's about making ourselves feel safe and it's about your life. And sometimes a hard decision is a loving one for you and for them. Mm -hmm. And that might mean that somebody now only gets limited access to us or sometimes they don't get to really be a part of our lives. And, you know, some, we just send those people on with love instead of waiting for them to change. Mm -hmm. You know, if they just continue to violate our boundaries over and over again, and we've communicated that, that this is my boundary and this is what I do, you know, sometimes we have to let those people go. Yeah. And that's, I think this is something, this is a difficult thing to kind of, not difficult to understand, but, you know, to like really, I guess, like feel it in the sense that, you know, you need to set your boundary and understand that the other person might not change yeah. and you have to be ready for that. I think that's the hard part is just being ready for that person to not change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's and kind of it's their thing. disappointing a little bit, but kind of a relief also that I, like other people are just living their lives. Mm -hmm. They're just that, like, they're just out there doing their own thing. Mm -hmm. And as much as I don't want to be controlled, neither do they, right? Like they're not responsible for my life and I'm not responsible for theirs. And sometimes I have to let those people go that aren't compatible with what's going on with me. Yeah. But being able to set up strong boundaries, you can feel good about, okay, I really am teaching people about what I accept in my life. And I usually, like, usually you give people a really good, right? You set clear expectations, give them a chance to, you know, to see if they will, you know, violate your boundaries or not. And a lot of people don't. And you can really feel like if you did have to let somebody out of your life, you know, release them, that you've really done your due diligence to teach them about you first. And then at that point, you're like, okay, I kind of done everything I could to salvage Mm -hmm. this and it's just not going to work. Well, thank you, Mary, for those tips and the bonus tips. Um. Well, folks, (laughs) that's all we've got for you today. (laughs) Thanks for being awesome and listening in. And if you'd like to know more about getting healthier, like changing your eating habits, dealing with emotional eating, decreasing your alcohol intake. Uh, You can contact either of us. You can find me at Facebook at Mary Preston LMFT or Instagram at Mary Preston or on my website at www.maryelisepreston.com. And of course, you can find Kisa at Instagram at cleanliving underscore dirty world or Facebook at Kisa Amaro Health Coach. And you can get meal inspirations there and a lot of advice. And then Kisa's website is out now. So go check it out immediately. Press stop. Right now. <laughs> go to the interwebs and type in kisaamaro.com. That is K-E-Y-S-A-A-M-A-R-O.com.
All right, go check it out. I will have our information under this podcast in the show notes. And as always, right, any questions or comments, we love to hear from you. And if you have any questions, we will answer them and maybe do a whole podcast just for you next time. Yeah. All right. We will see you in the next podcast.